we got an email from a pretty well-connected person in kind of the startup world who introduced us to a startup founder. And they said, hey, like we heard really good things about you, the founder did, but he wanted something he wants. This is an active thing. Have you even hit reply? We were working on yeah, it. Yeah, I just, I just replied to the email, but yeah. Why don't you explain what he wants and why we were kind of hesitant about it? The founder responded that they were looking for someone to really help them grow LinkedIn content. It just led to this debate on whether this is a service that we even want to offer and it's whether it's worth our time coming off of our focus of just growing the agency with our core service and testing out a service like this. Okay, so today we're going to talk about this thing that a lot of service businesses, agencies, and freelancers go through, which is when to reject business in order to focus. And I want you to tell the story of what we're dealing with right now with respect to that. We got an email from, would you say, a semi, like a pretty well-connected person in kind of the startup world who introduced us to a startup founder and they said, hey, we heard really good things about you. The founder did, but he wanted something he wants. This is an active thing. We, have you even hit reply? We were working on yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just replied to the email. But yeah, why don't you explain what he wants and why we were hesitant about it? Yeah, the reply actually gave us the whole idea for the video because right before we hopped on this, yeah, I, I got an email back. So basically when we get a lead, we always qualify the person and ask them a number of questions, just how many customers they have, what are some of the other questions we ask, what are their, what's their main marketing channel, and then what's their goal. And to the goal question, the founder responded that they were looking for someone to really help them grow LinkedIn content because they know that LinkedIn is one of the main channels where they're going to find growth for their company. And so that just led to a debate between Davish and I on whether we can do this. We, we have some experience doing LinkedIn. So we produce content on people's blogs and companies have repurposed that content for LinkedIn or we've advertised blog posts on LinkedIn to help with distribution. But from the answer in the email, it sounded like he wanted more of uh, the ghostwriting that a lot of people are doing on LinkedIn. So someone else coming up with ideas or going through past posts or videos and I think his creating. Language, I think his language yeah, was telling is he said something like we're, we're looking for someone to crack LinkedIn. Like we want to crack LinkedIn, M meaning that's what they want to do. <laughs> and he even said, we know you do a lot of SEO, but we want to crack LinkedIn. Yeah. So it just led to a debate on if this was a client that we wanted to do. We just, we've been thinking a lot about doing more stuff on LinkedIn. We had someone that we hired as a test contractor just to help us grow our own personal brands on LinkedIn. And that was what last month and it worked decently well, but it just wasn't someone that we ended up continuing with. And it just led to this debate on whether this is a service that we even want to offer and it's whether it's worth our time coming off of our focus of just growing the agency with our core service and testing out a service like this. Hang on. When you position it that way, it sounds, if I was listening, I'd be like, okay, the way you positioned it's obviously no, it just sounds like a distraction. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. So let me make the pitches or the reasons why we would 
maybe want to some to do some something with them. And I think this is one of many problems that this whole series is meant to solve, which is these are the business problems that like you run into when you're trying to scale the business. Like on the one hand, so first things first, here are the multiple reasons. Number one, it's potential business. <laughs> and the whole goal of this is to scale it's the business, grow. right? Yeah. In two years, double the business. Every dollar helps, right? Like that's like an <laughs> argument. And But then there's some more subtle ones. I think it's important that this isn't just a random lead in that it is referred to us by someone who we know is like well-connected. It's like somewhat of a personality in like the startup circle. So we certainly want more referrals. The whole point, the video number one of this series was, or podcast number one of this series, either way you're listening, hit subscribe. Just kidding. I'm actually not kidding, but I am kind of kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, is, that we wanted to scale and and we wanted to do this YouTube slash podcast like self case study thing specifically as a top of funnel channel to complement our existing channels. Another great complement to our existing channels would be people referring us nonstop. And so there is that kind of motivation. And then the last thing is content brand, which we should update people on. You can if you're really curious, you can either pause or after listening or watching this, you can Google like content brand grow and convert and read our post. But maybe you can describe what that content yeah, brand is. I have it was. up here. Yeah, it, it's a post we wrote, what, like maybe two months ago now? That was meant to complement just our existing SEO service. It was just forward thinking a little bit. So there had been a lot of people, I would say, in the last six months that have been shitting on SEO, for lack of a better term. They think that SEO is going away. You need to produce other content if you want to succeed in the future. And so it was just a post to help become part of that conversation or just to have companies think of us outside of just SEO content, because this is something that we do is in the very beginning of an engagement, we typically do something that we like to call a disruption story. I guess I don't need to share this. Yeah, but... basically like we're damn good at it. Like a lot of our service in order to do the SEO pieces is that we do extensive interviews with the sales team, the founders, whoever is in charge of explaining and positioning the product and the company in the market. And we, what, how would you say it? Distill. Yeah their essence of their value prop, what features and benefits are important, their differentiators, their competitive advantages. And then we put that into our SEO pieces and we use that to inform what keywords we're going after, our core service. In addition, Benji's saying, we do this disruption story, which is a non-SEO piece. We don't do it for every account or every client, but where it's appropriate, we will often do it at the beginning and use it to promote on social with paid, organic, whatever, in order to, I don't know, why do we do disruption stories? <laughs> yeah, like get so, I mean, yeah, having tested out a bunch of different ads in the past, so Twitter and LinkedIn, what we noticed is when we were doing, when we were promoting just the SEO pieces that went after keywords, they didn't perform as well. But when we promoted these disruption stories that explain what the company is disrupting in their industry or what they're doing differently with a compelling headline. Those are really what performed well on, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And so what we were doing because SEO takes a while to start 
getting rankings and results, we were producing these as one of the first pieces and then promoting them both paid and organically on some social channels to help drive leads earlier on in engagement. Yeah, so we figured people hire content agencies or written content agencies for more than SEO. We're really good at it. And people pay a lot for this kind of like consulting on value prop messaging, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so we thought like we can play in that space. We released that post. I think there's a link to a landing page that says there's some somewhat expensive price one time or whatever. And I'll let you tell the audience how many leads we've gotten for that service. <laughs> we've gotten zero so far. You Exactly. It it, it doesn't mean that the service isn't wanted or valuable, but it was just something that we tested. So I think this is what you're talking about. Yeah. So there's, we even say, how can you work with us on this? There's two ways. First is just our core service. Again, we do this for a lot of the clients that we work with. And then the second was we we're just offering a one-time standalone project where we help figure out the core messaging and core positioning of the business and give you multiple pieces, I believe. I don't even remember what the, the Okay, so, so let me bring us back. So three reasons why there could be a reason to find some way to work with this referred lead. Number one, business is business. You're trying to double the agency. That's the goal. Number two, you want to maintain a good relationship with the person who referred because they potentially likely have a bunch more companies that they could refer to you. And a key detail is they likely have a bunch more startups they can refer to you, or maybe that's not true. And then number three is we have a service that's related to what someone would need if they wanted to quote unquote crack LinkedIn or do LinkedIn, which is we have this service that distills the company's positioning and in, in a long form written format. And so you can see something that could be transferred to LinkedIn posts. So th those are... Well, and, and the last thing would just be, if it works, maybe it creates some new revenue stream of a bunch of people that want LinkedIn. And, and again, in terms of like future proofing the business, I don't know. Now we have another service that's outside of just the, the SEO service that we offer. Could be the argument for doing it. Okay, so with that said we ultimately decided to say no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you can explain your reasoning. I think you were, I was like, maybe, and you were like, I don't want to deal with this. Why didn't you want to? Yeah. We, cause we already have a existing service that has demand for it. And we know exactly what we need operationally to fulfill that service. And this is just a little bit outside the scope. So we would need to hire someone I, I think on the writing side, we probably have the resources that we need to do that, but it's more than around posting this, building an audience on LinkedIn. There's just all these things that we would need to figure out what the deliverables are if we were to offer a LinkedIn service. Hang on, we would... devil's advocate, why not have a growing convert content strategist do the content brand disruption story interviews, write growing convert level pieces and hire some LinkedIn promotion consultant expert on Upwork to do what you're saying. We just tried to do that for ourselves and it didn't work. So I don't really want to do it for a client on top of that. Yeah. I, I think if we had a successful arrangement with a contractor already, where we were doing this for ourselves and we saw it working and we could apply our learnings to a client, I would be more willing to do this, but having just gone through the whole process of trying to hire someone to do this. And I wouldn't say it failed. 
I, I think we got more impressions and views from our LinkedIn posts than, than we were getting on our own posting on LinkedIn. But I, I think what didn't work was just all the back and forth and the editing that we had to do on the post to get them into, I, I guess, the right formatting and just the quality standard that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a LinkedIn post, if you're hiring someone to ghostwrite your LinkedIn post as a founder, that's what we did. You have standards because it's literally everyone in your network is seeing it as your voice. And so there's a huge incentive to edit it to be as close to your voice as possible. So we were spending too much time editing. So I think we just don't want to do something like that because it takes our focus away on just growing our core service. Again, we know exactly what we need to do to deliver our core service. And this is now going and firing or going and hiring some new contractor, figuring out the deliverables. It's just, it takes too much mind share away from. Another double advocate though, we hired someone to take content we've already had. Like what we did when we tried LinkedIn was we hired someone to say, look, we have all of this content on our site already. Can you turn that into like cool, compelling LinkedIn posts? And it took too much editing of us for that. And what we are saying here is that we could have one of our existing strategists that perhaps I could argue would be able to get it closer to right on the first attempt on a LinkedIn post because their job so far, like what we filtered people for to our awesome team that we have now is these strategists are really good at taking a value prop or whatever and turning it into a full article. So they could certainly do like a summary on LinkedIn. That would be another devil's advocate. I have my comebacks to that. Yeah. But I I think the core thing is just, we haven't done it for ourselves and proven it out. And then if we were going to do this, I think we would need to do that first again. Pain point SEO when we created it, we had data that proved this worked and we already had a process around it. A lot of the other frameworks that we released, same thing. We've tested stuff either on ourselves or clients and found out that it worked. And then we created something around it. Here, it's just too much of a risk at this stage. Again, we've done some minor tests. I believe in LinkedIn as a channel, 100%. It's just not our strength and our skill set really at this point. Yeah, things that I could see going wrong, even if we use one of our like best strategists on it is one, the level of editing that a founder is going to want to do on his own LinkedIn posts, in this case, it's a he versus an SEO post ranking for best blah, blah, blah software. It's just like next level, (laughs) right? And this particular business is something where there's probably like a lot of opinionated takes that have to be said really carefully. And there's a lot of nuanced statements or whatever. So it's going to be, we can already tell it's going to be a massive editing bottleneck. It's not as easy to just be like, okay, yeah, the agency does it. Like when we have like our best clients that really trust us, editing goes really smoothly after a while, because at that point they know these things are working. Like just let these people do their job. That's going to be harder to do on LinkedIn. And then the other thing we haven't talked about that I want you to talk about is or we, before we hit the record button, we talked about the whole like churn issue and how we don't think this fits at all. Yeah, I think this is a, a couple of things. So one, they're at an earlier stage than most of the clients that we would take now. So that's a, a risk. But then the other thing is someone in this mindset just trying to test something out is definitely more likely to churn than someone who's already bought into content who's looking to do this for the long term. And so just the language in the email and someone trying to grow their audience and just the way that a startup person is thinking about this at this stage is just probably not a good fit for us. Because even if we were to find the resources to do this, 
chances are they could churn in three to four months anyways if it wasn't getting the results that they wanted or I don't know. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's worth it. You got to watch our churn episode if you haven't already. And But in short, we discovered in that episode to make the numbers work and be able to double the business in two years, i.e. ideally add something like 10 clients this year. If we don't fix our churn, which is the average client lifespan being 12 months, if we don't up that, we have to basically add 30 new clients to, to make this work, <laughs> right? That's insane. Whereas if the average one was like 24 months, I forget the numbers, but it's dramatically less. So 24 months, that's hard as it is on our SEO service, which we know works and we have multiple clients at 36 months, at 60 months, we have one at 60 months. I think we have another at 40 something across that. So three years, four years, five years. Ain't no one hiring a LinkedIn ghostwriter for two years? Are you kidding me? Have you heard of anyone ever doing that? That's just not a thing. And so we learned in that episode that all revenue is not created equally and just some revenue that lasts for even six months. If we worked with them and you and someone kept a, and we're not gonna be cheap, right? So someone kept a high paid LinkedIn ghostwriting agency for eight or 10 months. I think that would be successful from the LinkedIn agency standpoint. And that would literally be less that it would be pulling our average client lifespan down when we want to basically double it. <laughs> so that's just, it doesn't make any sense to do that in that respect. That when we talked through, that's what convinced me. I was like, oh yeah, this is what we're learning from that churn episode. We have a we are at that stage where we have a very specific goal. And, and I tell, there's a lot of people in our course and community or just like that email us or that we're in social media comments with that ask about these kind of business problems as per why we made this whole series. It, and, and they're often at an earlier stage. They're at probably a, a pretty early stage. And they're like, oh, I have this client and someone's asking this. My opinion, when you're first starting out, freelancer, getting clients, going off on your own, starting an agency, you should probably be very careful about not saying no to revenue. I know some people disagree, but like you need the cash flow coming through the door. You need the clients because you just want to make sure you have money. This definitely feels to me that we are not at that stage. We have yeah, graduated. We're, we're that not. Stage. We have a defined service. Yeah, at that stage, you're just trying to figure out what service offering will work and what you're good at. And you're still modifying your service offering. And I just don't think we're at that stage right now. We're at the point where we have a really good service offering that we want to get out the word to more people and just keep focusing on that. We don't need to keep adding new revenue streams. And if listening, you're like, so what's the cutoff? How do I know when I've graduated to that? Look, like I don't have a scientific answer. My gut instinct or my answers are, we have a seven figure business revenue wise. And then we have multiple clients that have stuck with us for years. So we know that there is that product market fit in terms of multiple clients at two, three, four, and five years. So we know our, and then we've done the math and been like, oh God, we need to get more of those clients. So that's that needs to be our focus. At this point, we know we can, and we can also, we also know we can take on rando McRando startups that 
on our normal SEO service that can last three months or something like that and then move on. And we don't even want to do that. So we definitely don't want to do the equivalent of that on <laughs> LinkedIn. That's going to take a lot more time to do. If you like this video, don't forget to subscribe. You can also get the audio only versions of these shows wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us at growandconvert.com newsletter for any articles and updates for when these videos come out.